Welcome to Why Two Killers. I'm Dr. Benny Graves, the Dr. Wing that taught you all to drive. And with me, as always, is the lesbian Spock haircut to my Josh partner, <laughs> the uh, erotica to my LL Cool J, Hammy Swammy, Bwecky Sammy. The glass of white wine at 1 p.m. to your Jamie Lee Kurtz. Second glass. Oh, yeah. She chugs that first one, doesn't she? So what have we been up to, Hammy? Uh, well, let's start off with what movie we're covering today if they couldn't tell already from uh, the podcast info we are covering my favorite sorry up until recently used to be my favorite now is my second favorite <laughs> halloween movie halloween h2o not halloween h20 because that's the wrong way to say that title it's halloween h2o okay halloween 20 years later thank you so much from 1998 by the way not from the year 2000 which for the longest time i was like oh it means 2000 that's- no yeah uh, I mean, it's Halloween 20 years later. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, so what are we drinking? Because it's um, 10.32 a.m. Woo! The we're, day after Black Friday. We're drinking the bean water that sustains you. Yeah, I got a triple-double oat latte from Small World Coffee here in Princeton, New Jersey. Highly recommend. And I have a uh, oat nola, which is like a chicory kind of coffee. Yeah, I think it has like chicory and like vanilla. and it's a so little, tasty. It's so tasty. And there's a shot in that as well. Indeed. Uh, because we need our caffeine to get through this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what have we been up to? So, I guess most recently, we had Friendsgiving! Woo! Woo, woo, At uh, Jonald Sutherland's house. Mm-hmm. None of us were killed by giant displays of Grogu and uh, Mandalorians. <laughs> I think Jesse wanted to kill me for playing with his toys, though. <laughs> Making them hump each other. <laughs> yeah, you were you, uh, in the podcast studio. We have all of the toys that... Uh, John has either gotten Jesse or Jesse got himself, and Sarah was having them like DP each other. And it was good. It was good. There's stuff. the rock monster guy. No, the one of the rock lords was definitely in oh, on yeah. the orgy. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. The sectors nice. were getting sexy. They got sexy sectors. Good, very good. Um, but Who yeah. was with us during Friendsgiving besides sweet. the usual crew? The, the, the usual crew was there in force, but also yeah. Sweet Baby K was Our there. Our Sweet Baby K! She came and stayed with us. Yeah. And we found out about... Well, we're going to have to save this one. Oh, we're, we're saving the dirt on Sweet Baby K. But, uh, suffice to say, uh, Sweet Baby K is definitely uh, going to marry Dracula. Sorry, yeah. Jay Wood. 
<laughs> I think number one husband is Dracula and you're number two. But what did Jay Wood make? Oh, he made us, well, you guys specifically, but me adjacently, uh, the coolest Christmas card ever. This was incredible. Like, I'm always at a at a loss. And I think Jesse was equally as moved. Yeah, everyone was. By um, the, the quality of of art that people who like us make versus the stuff that we make. <laughs> and it was, it's a Christmas Durr card Durr. and Jesse posted it. It has all of our likenesses around Melissa. Engine! And, and, Engine! <laughs> um, the John picture is probably the best. The John one is my favorite. He is perfectly captured in all of like one inch of like animation that is there yeah and then um there's so many details in the card like instead of the hallmark the little like it says hellmark yeah and it has like the The satan horns being thrown up and it it, it was. It's he beautiful. even put like a little skew, and it said like what the card was made out of. Old it was made soggy out of, like, old porn magazine. <laughs> it was like it was like slightly soggy issues of Jugs magazine. <laughs> uh, so that's eco friendly, friends. You were recycling. So. But um, we will be probably framing that. Oh yeah. Um, well, we have uh, the card he did last year with uh, Anthony Michael Hall saying uh, Santa flies tonight. Fantastic. Perfect. So um, good. And, oh, I guess a good segue from Anthony Michael Hall is we got to see uh, an award-winning, a fantastic... I mean, I've I've seen Rear Window. I've seen, you know, many foreign films. But this one, I, I, I just... I imagine when Scorsese watched this movie, like, tears were rolling down Rolling his down his eyes. Uh, th- that movie is, of course, Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends. The beloved... Beloved. Third film in the uh, David Gordon Gren uh, Halloween trilogy. Probably his greatest film ever. Probably. Uh, I mean, resoundingly just loved and beloved and so well received. I came in my pants. I mean, you actually might have. (laughs) (laughs) We had a lot of fun with this movie. um, And we thought it was like a really fun, silly slasher. And uh, after all the very po-faced uh like halloween lore that we've watched all through and all of the stupid stuff that we've seen uh we really had a good time with it and look it's not good for everyone and it's a bad ending to this trilogy but holy moly did did we enjoy it well the thing is is i guess well i'll probably bring it up as we talk about halloween h2o which is in the 90s or even early 2000s, you would come out with a Halloween movie and it just was it was just out there. I, yeah. I really felt like they just were like, uh, what are the kids like? Uh, we'll Horror throw- wasn't as big, though, and there no. wasn't as much of like a this is a legacy film. Like a sacredness like now to it. everything is a legacy movie because we're, we're just dredging up original property. Yeah. So this is a legacy sequel. Oh, Star Wars, it's a legacy. You got to have all these actors. Well, we'll get the into gravitas that. and all that stuff. So why don't we kick it off with the soundtrack? for this very wonderful, perfect movie, Halloween H2O. Yes, I've asked you to be the music lady. So I will read to you. This is not my own writing. I literally searched like Halloween H2O soundtrack and it was very difficult because everything but like what I wanted shows up when you search that. But I did find one article from Bloody Disgusting that was like my main source that was really interesting. Um, So if you've seen Halloween H2O, H2O, you're like, yeah, Halloween H2O, whatever. You know, there's like some Carpenter scores in there, but like redone. But as we were rewatching it, what we both noticed, I was like, 
whoa, this sounds like the soundtrack from Scream. Yeah, there's straight up Scream score in this. And it's actually true. So the guy that had wrote the original um, score for Halloween H2O was John Ottman, and he was hired to compose the score for Halloween H2O, and he did it, and he like made an entire score for the entire movie, but it's Basically, what it came down to was they were like, this is too theatrical, and it doesn't sound like a Halloween movie. So, they went in, and they cut, like, almost all of the shit that he wrote, and they replaced it with segments from Marco Beltrami's scores from Scream, Scream 2, and Mimic, which I don't think I've seen Mimic, have Mimic I? is good. It's, like, schlocky, but it's good. It's like a creature feature. But, yeah, so basically what it was is they removed Ottman's score, and it was said that uh, Bob Weinstein was kind of, like, the biggest guy, and he Thank was God. Thank God we're turning to him the, for creative the Weinsteins. choices. Uh, but basically, pure creative choice. He wanted, you know, the I think... You know, not to give credit to any of the Weinsteins, but he wanted something darker and more gritty in the vein of a Halloween movie. And I actually went, I listened to John Ottman's uh, score. You can find it on, what should we call it, Spotify. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to search for it because you type in Halloween H2O and like everybody's playlist. But if you search John Ottman's, uh, it does come up and it's pretty good, but it is what I would say... It just sounds like a score. It sounds like somebody produced music right. for a movie. Well, it doesn't sound like a Halloween I, I movie, think to that be fair. Every single Halloween movie fails, uh, with the exception, I, I will say, regardless of whether you like them or not, there are some f- fucking amazing songs on all three of those David Gordon Green uh, movies done by Carpenter. Um, but every Halloween movie before Carpenter went back to the helm of making the music is always trying to be like, well, how do we recapture that? How do we get that magic back of that soundtrack? And there's always some level of degradation there. Yeah, and that's the thing. And then I try to look up, like, what were actual songs that, you know, were used in the soundtrack? Because there is some butt rock in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, of course, it opens up with Mr. Sandman by the Chardonnets. Chardonnets? Chardonnets? Oh, it's, it's like poetry. Yeah, it's poetry. Halloween uh, two poetry. What's This Life For by Creed. Oh. Uh, another rend- another rendition of Mr. Oh! another rendition of Mr. Salmon by Pat Ballard, and then uh, that was pretty much it. There's like no real songs in this movie. It's all just the Scream soundtrack. So if you like it, go go buy the Scream soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it, the the fucking Creed song is just unbelievable. It's such an artifact of a time. Uh, but uh, yeah. But so, do you remember Creed had such a hold on all of us? And we didn't know they were religious at first, and then you like kind of put the pieces together, and you're you like, remember, oh, like, in the early two thousands, not you know, a couple of only a couple of years down the line after this, when you're into all this like hardcore and kind of emo music, you would find out that a lot of these bands were also Christian. Like I think Under Oath was Christian. Under Oath. And what's her face? Flyleaf. But they only had that one song and where she like screams and I was like, yo, fucking brutal. And then the radio edit doesn't have any of the screaming in it. And I was like, <laughs> we don't uh, want the children to do satanic panic cries. And then I believe Sweet Baby K informed us that that girl's not even a part of Flyleaf anymore. Oh, shit. Bro. Damn dog. I know. So whatever. They Nothing had- that's gold can stay, you know, even Flyleaf. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about the movie. The movie. Um, now that we've reviewed the soundtrack, uh, we have director Steve Miner of Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, Warlock, and let's not forget an important piece of cinema here and in the Seal of Satan lore, Soul Man. Oh. And after he made that movie, they still let him direct this. So, you know, dreams can come true. As long as you're a white guy. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, this film 
ignores the events of four onward. Yeah. Uh, technically, it ignores the events of three. Big problem. Big problem. Big problem. Big, big problem. Huge. Huge. Um, Huge mistake. Huge. The script is written by Robert Zappia. And, Zappia. And it's uncredited editor and co-writer Kevin Williamson. He's got his screamy hands all oh, over this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can tell. Um, I be- So the original treatment of it was uh, Lori faked her death. Uh, yes. In part- thereby they could include the events of part four because in four they're like, oh, Jamie, your mom's dead. Oh, no. Um, and they wanted to actually keep the events of four through six in there. Oh, did they? They did, and it was going to be called The Revenge of Laurie Strode. Mm. Uh, but other two other notable ideas before this came out, before they started to retool that script, uh, were it was going to be a direct, recontin- a direct continuation of six, and it was going to be called Michael Myers' Lord of the Dead, <laughs> where the entire town is revealed to control Michael, which they... they <laughs> it's kind of like, that's pretty close to Halloween 6. Yeah. Um, and Halloween 7, which Ooh. was going to be two faces called Halloween 7, Two Faces of Evil, where Michael stalks all the girls at a boarding school. But then, check this, we discover he's a copycat killer. <gasps> Bro. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Scream too. Yeah. Or sounds like uh, another movie that came out recently where it's not Michael doing the killings. <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> Looks like. <laughs> Uh, so those are pretty interesting ideas. Like, I, I'm always interested to see with like these prestige items, prestige items, prestige films, <laughs> and prestige. Okay, Ben. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know this the high art of Halloween H20. Uh, but even we were talking like last week about Freddy versus Jason, and we'll we'll get to that movie. Oh, don't about you the kids movies worry. And script ideas that led up to the eventual release. Well, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. And like, no offense to younger people, but the internet used to exist to like put script like concepts out there, and you're like, oh my freaking gosh, that's the coolest idea I've ever seen. And it's, there's no merit to it, but like I feel like it's part of the lore. Like there was always like the lore of like, could you imagine a Freddy vs. Jason movie or like a Leatherface versus Michael Myers movie? Well, there's you know you see, you watch uh, Jason Goes to Hell and you have like the the stinger at the end and people were jizzing in their pants, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then you have a very long time before you get. Freddy versus Jason. Well, that's after the that. thing. I feel like we're so inundated with like old school properties, but in the 2000s, this was like when they were really reaching back and being like, what can we pull from the grave and kind of yeah. redo for like the Y2K generation, bro? And we're in, uh, studios aren't quite yet so soulless where it's like they're kind of making mistakes. This movie yeah. has a lot of mistakes. In oh, it. yeah. And um, they're, they kind of don't know what they're shooting for. They're just kind of like, well, what demographics can we reach? We're not at a point yet where we're at now where everything is so calculated and yeah. focus tested and edited until it becomes an absolute, like, shiny product that has no creative sense to the it. The Friday the 13th remake with Jared Paralecki. We're going to have to talk about that one. Too. Yeah, that one's not great. That one's got straight up porno in it. Um, I saw that in theaters. Let's talk about the previews. So there are a Ooh. lot of movies that came out this year, and I'm going to name a few of them, uh, but I can't really name all of them because there are so many movies and a lot of them we're going to do. But to give you some examples, yeah. 1998, Woo. we get the fact. By the way, this is on our VHS copy of Halloween H2O yeah. that I made Ben buy for me. <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh, but this is, these are just the general movies that came out in 98. We got The Faculty. Woo. 
uh, Bride of Chucky, mm. uh, Deep Rising, which mm-hmm. is that, that's that, you watched it with me, it's the movie where, like, the, the mercenary guy goes into the cruise ship and there's a giant tentacle monster in it, oh. and Famke Johnson's in it. Oh, oh yeah, 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 she's uh, cute. John Carpenter's Vampires. Yeah, baby. Obviously, Urban Legend. Yeah. Blade. Eh. Apt Pupil. I still know what you did last summer. The Japanese version of Ring. Ringu. Your favorite movie, Sometimes They Come Back from Jesus War. Jesus fucking Christ. Dark City, Disturbing Behavior. You get the idea. Yeah. A lot of movies are coming out at this point that we are going to cover. Uh, yeah. But the trailers that we watched before the movie were The Faculty. Yeah, baby. Um, Joshy Hartnett this- with your bad hair in two different movies. Yeah. Is this the best Robert Rodriguez movie? Uh, I always forget that he did that. Yeah. And then. Of course, like the trailer, they play Schools Out. Do you get it? No, I don't do understand. Could you explain it to me, dude? Um, they do a trailer for Six Days, Seven Nights, where Harrison Ford oh, just plays himself because yeah. he crashes planes. <laughs> Damn it. Now I'm here with... what's her, who's, Anne Heche, R.I.P.D., uh, bro. R.I.P. Anne Heche. We really smoked a stogie that one time. Do you um, think they fucked during that like filming? I think every woman wants to fuck Harrison Ford. I mean, I want to fuck Harrison Ford. On the set of a movie where they're with Harrison Ford. I'd fuck him. Um, and let's see. Have Plenty, which is like a, a romantic comedy, but it's definitely for like a black audience, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like, I definitely had never heard of it. Um, Operation Condor 2. Never heard of it. Work of art. And then... Studio 54, the Studio 54 No, it's 54 just called movie? 54 gotcha. with Mike Myers. And Ryan Phillippe. Phillippe. Uh, who looks like he's cosplaying as uh, Justin Timberlake. In that yeah, movie right. That Spaghetti hair. hair. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then a movie called Rounders, which was like a gambling movie. I heard of it, but I've never seen it. There, that falls in that weird 90s category of like, you're a kid and like these movies were like in your purview, but you were too young to see them and they're probably not worth like actually sitting down for like 90 minutes and watching an announcement for screen <gasps> two on home video what? and an announcement for the prestige film with a hit soundtrack incredible actors armageddon armageddon on baby i hate that um finally the most important part of the trailers is at the end they're like and tune in afterwards for a creed music video after oh. the film do you remember that they used to put music videos at the end of like vhs tapes what's a music video uh, it's this thing that old people used to listen to before they got ready for school in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you put on VH1 in the morning, dude. Yeah. You'd be like getting like ready at like 6 a.m. And like sometimes MTV would have stuff on, but it was usually MTV2. And then you'd just go to VH1 and they'd be like playing some If you bangers. were a really cool kid, sometimes you'd catch MTV2. Oh, or so good. if you were uh, cooler than me, you had Fuse. Remember I think Fuse? that was Canadian. Canadian, yeah. But they had really good shit. Actually, uh, side tangent: our girl Lauren Toyota, who we make the mac and cheese from, she used to be on like Fuse TV and like be a VJ for like uh, Canadian MTV, basically. And I'm also sure that our friend Morgan Lander, who is the singer from Kitty, was probably on there. And they just played um, When You Were Young yeah. Festival. And I watched the live performance and I was like, this is probably the hardest band. Oh my gosh, right? In this lineup. It's so interesting. I um, love it. So let's talk about the movie. Finally, the movie. The fucking movie. Um, we start out with Mr. Sandman. Mr. Huh? Sandman. Huh? Remember Halloween 2? Yeah, remember It's October 29th, 1998. Bro. Bro. Nurse Marion is token on a fucking coffin nail. How is she still alive? Yeah, I'm not really sure how she's still alive. She should definitely be dead, bro. 
And she's nervous because her house just got broken oh, into. Bro, my house. Uh, and then she walks around the house. She's like looking around the periphery. Could be ooky spooky stuff around. Mm-hmm. And we get a jump scare from sweet baby boy Joseph Gordon Levin. Oh my gosh. So let me set the stage for this movie. I, I think we need to. Let's find out what baby Hammy thought. Okay, so the, set the scene. It's 1998. I was 10 years old. I was in a footlocker, trying on new sneakers to make me run faster, obviously. And do you remember when footlocker <laughs> used to have the TVs in I there? Do. And it was like the little box TVs. Yep. And they used to play trailers, and I remember I was in there with my mom, and the trailer for Halloween H2O came on, and she was like, oh, this looks great. And I was like, just like swept up in it. I was like, what is this Halloween H2O? Like, and I didn't know anything about Michael Myers or Halloween because I was 10. So, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have known anything about it. And I was like, this looks like the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life, and I need to see it. So, my mother being the good parent she is, she brought a 10-year-old me to the movie theater to see this movie. And can I tell you, all I did was go to my friends at school after this and tell them in great detail all the deaths. And if you'd asked me, I would say this is like the goriest, most disgusting movie you'd ever seen. But honestly, it's it's probably not. It's so. very tame. It's very There's tame. One kill. We'll get to it. But uh, as a little 10-year-old, this movie was like in my fucking brain. And I would say this is actually where my love of Halloween started. So I think are sequels like this the best? No, but I think it grabs in those younger kids and it like turns them into horror fans. Like this is definitely sure, the first movie that pulled me in and probably is also an added to me dressing as Michael Myers for Halloween like three years in a row. Well, you don't, <laughs> you also don't get to pick what era you're born in. Would it have been great if I was around like, what, what if I was an adolescent during the heyday of the 80s slasher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. that would be awesome. But we but that got would make us boomers. A kind of, yeah. That kind, We got kind of a shitty run of horror films, but we worked with it and we wouldn't have this podcast without it. Exactly. But uh, back to the movie, a young JGL shows up and little 10 year old me was like, oh my God, he's the sexiest guy alive. He plays hockey. And he's got a hockey mask on. <laughs> oh, 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 it's like Jason. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I have. I had some real Statler and Waldorf like crude comments during the watching of this film. Oh yeah. Um, so his buddy, who is not Van Wilder, not oh, cosplaying no. as Van Wilder. I said he looked like the dude from Never Been Kissed, but I think that is him. He was like one of the friends with Jessica Alba, but he <laughs> wasn't the main douchebag. But he's definitely in that movie. Well, yeah. So him, Van Wilder stays behind while JGL uh, goes into Nurse Marion's house yeah. to try and check things out and steal some bush beers. I should also mention they're dressed in their uh, hockey uniforms or their hockey outfits. Do you remember the grip hold that like hockey had on us as like for like that window for like such a small window? Like it's. I don't think America's ever loved hockey as much as we did in the 90s. As somebody who played roller hockey and ice hockey, I can attest the hockey like love was very strong. Yeah. Um, it was bizarre. It was fu- the Hornets. Why were people obsessed with the Hornets? Oh, well, that's basketball. But I yeah, know. I don't. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. They sports. Exist I, know, I know sports. No, but like <laughs> hockey was like every kid had like the Mighty Ducks jersey, but it was like the like more badass version. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so JGL, he goes in the house, he's looking for something ooky spooky, what could have happened in the house, he doesn't find anything, he steals her bush beers, and let's talk about the fact that, like, at this time, uh, there was, like, this constant idea of, like, what what are you going to do with that many beers? You're not going to get drunk off that many beers. Well, I mean, they're, like, what, 16? They're kids. Maybe they'll get drunk. Maybe. I mean, 
mean, they feel these like boys need some mad dog. They also have like no fat on their bodies, and they just played hockey all day. You know, they ain't got nothing yeah, in their system. Lith, yeah, boys. Ooh. I mean, I was all about JGL, like I said. I get it. Uh, and he also walks by and finds like the Pepe Silvia room. The, uh, oh, Dr. her Dr. Loomis's Loomis room. Pepe Silvia room. Well, is this supposed to be Dr. Loomis's house? Yes, it, no. And then Marion. I don't know the arrangement. There? It's it's not really explained too well. They kind I believe, of, uh, I believe it's her house, and she's taking care of Loomis, and he like lives in that Pepe Sylvia room with all his yarn, Michael drawings, uh, yeah, his yarn charts and Michael drawings, and that terrible illustration of Michael Myers that he drew that they really focus on. Um, but what we're gonna find out later is that when Mikey spoiler alert got in there he stole intel about who laurie is now well yeah i guess that's like why we have this you know the, the madman with the blackest eyes who probably never read a book in his life is like really adept at going through documentation finding what he needs uh all i could think of when i saw this office was it reminded me of david's office my boss <laughs> i was just like oh, is this david's office and i had like a moment of panic i was like i'm never going to be able to clean up all these pieces of toast <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, so Marion walks back into the house. Everything seems to be okay. Um, and she's like, oh, what's happening? She runs over to JGL's house. Where well, she gets spooked because in the background is lurking Michael Myers. Michael. Uh, but she runs to his house and he's been killed uh, by the brother from Hobo with a shotgun because he has a fucking skate embedded Dude, in his head. can I tell you, as a kid, this kill fucking got me. I've thought about this kill for, I'm 34 years old, so 24 years. I thought this was like the most brutal kill I'd ever seen in my life. I had like dream nightmares about it after I saw it as a 10-year-old. Dream nightmares. Uh, I'm in your dream nightmare, Nancy. Uh, and then as a 34-year-old, I was like, and then uh, Van pretty, Wilder's uh, pretty scary. Van Wilder got killed too, so he will not be teaching Taj anything. Yeah, how did he die? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. The yeah. more important thing though is that when Mikey shows up uh to like jump scare everybody and to go after Marion and kill her, spoiler alert. Um he the mask doesn't look terrible. No, it's pretty good at this point. Uh it, it, the key that a lot of people forget a lot of directors will forget uh, throughout the series since the first Halloween is the fact that you should shoot at night mm. and you should sh- shoot Michael in shadow and no yeah. one should see his eyes. Yeah. Very rarely should you see his eyes. And that's a huge issue. The like all these movies, eyes. the devil's eyes. No. Um, the cops show up and they reveal Marion was Loomis's nurse. Mm. Uh, can you imagine like, would she not be sick of this shit at this point? Because what in Halloween two she shows up and she's like, "Oh, we're taking you back." Yeah, uh, and then he's like, "No, I have a gun. No, you're gonna go to the hospital." Could you imagine having to like live for twenty years with Doctor Loomis? No, it would be a nightmare. Do you know like every conversation would just be like the devil? He is the devil's eyes. You know, as I'm having this spicy chili, all I can think about is the the petulance and the the pungent evil of michael eat your chili dr loomis <laughs> sir this is a wendy's uh, <laughs> um uh, do you imagine also like the amount of she probably just goes to sam's club and buys like a pallet of dinty more yeah i think that's it's kind of like a dog that you don't really care that much about so you just buy it the really cheap dog food and you're just like yeah i eat your slob I want my Caesars, please. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, so we find out that she was his nurse. She would have been so sick of his shit. They go back. In, the cops go into the Pepe Silvio room. 
And we have, this is like this Williamson shit that makes me fucking want to shoot myself in the head. You have the one cop who's talking to the other one about like, oh, it might have, you know what happened with Michael Myers? And he's like, Michael Myers. Yeah, right. And then we cut to the intro credits and I'm like, (laughs) well, I was asking you this, but I I think I know the answer. Is this the only movie not to open with a pumpkin trailer? Like where they like show the pumpkin? I don't remember how Resurrection opens. Four and five um, don't open that way, because f- four opens with the field, with the yeah, mailbox. Yeah, four opens with the field. Um, five has him, I think, carving the pumpkin really quickly. Yeah. And six might have a pumpkin in the intro, uh, but they don't go back to like the one and two traditions no. until David Gordon Grunt. Honestly, it feels almost not like a Halloween movie, because it doesn't start like a Halloween movie. I think that's so ingrained in, in our brains. it's not. It really isn't a Halloween movie, but, you know, we'll get to that. They do a main title, which looks like garbage. Oh, sweet, sweet Um, trash. And again, we can go off on a rant about how, like, the title font is a lost art. Oh, man. If you look at, like, I look at posters and it's seared into my brain. The font for Spookies, the font for Mausoleum, those fonts are incredible. Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. And now everything, it just looks like crap. Pure. Well, we're crap. getting to that 90s thing where all the posters look the same. I think there's like those faces, memes. The it's just like the faces mm-hmm. and they're like in a flying V formation. And that's that's what you get. But this movie has introducing Josh Hartnett. And da, da, da. this movie has um, a fake Loomis guy doing a voice. Oh, yeah. where He's like, I met. I don't, probably had to do with the rights of, uh, of getting the dialogue or some shit. Um, and then they zoom in on the drawing of Michael Myers. Again, a bad drawing. It looks like. Your little cousin drew it. Do you want to know, like, improbably Nurse Marion walks in and Loomis is like, look what I did. It's taken me months, but I have the full visage of evil. She's like, wow. Nice. Wow, Mr. Loomis. That's great. Dr. Loomis. Um, So uh, we start with some really heavy handed nightmare imagery. Where Jamie Lee Curtis is having a nightmare of her classroom and her uh, son's picture has been stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we we show the closet. It zooms into the Ooh. closet. It's Tom Cruise is in the closet, and now Michael Myers is in the closet. And then she wakes up. Oh no! And she's woken up by lesbian Spock. Uh, her uh, son, Josh Hartnett, who is so hot in this movie. Oh my god! They live in a Pier One. They do. Um, and they live in Summer Glen, California. And uh, we'll probably share some final thoughts, but you should not shoot a Halloween movie. Uh, the, the irony isn't lost on me, by the way, that the first Halloween is shot in California, but you should not set yeah. a Halloween movie in California. Well, that's the thing when people complain. I'm just going to go back to our favorite movie that's ever been made, Halloween Ends. People were like, oh, it's not like Halloween at all. Oh, I hate it so much. Bro, at least it was in fucking Haddonfield. This movie takes place in California, like more like California. So, like, just chill your fucking tits, dudes. Uh, but we show an intro of uh, or an establishing shot. I think of either the school or the outside of the house, and there are all these dead leaves. And I don't know whether that's a yuck yuck to like the first Halloween and how it was shot in California and there were dead leaves everywhere, or if they're trying to make it look like fall and I just don't, don't care enough. Um. We 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 find out about the dynamic between Josh Hartnett and his mommy, and that his mom is still like really traumatized by what happened to her, and she's really protective over Joshy. Joshy um, Hartnett's 
Hartnett also looks like he uh, shrunk in his clothing, which was no, the fashion of the, the fashion. time. I'm going to defend him this entire time. Of He's course so you hot. Are. Yeah, because every girl <gasps> oh. at the time was like skeezing their jeans about this. I dude. thought he was so fucking handsome. Um. And he's too cool to tuck in his short shirt. His okay, short. well, only nerds tuck in their shirts. Okay. Well, Josh, he wants to go to Yosemite with his friends for a school trip. But Jamie's like, no, because of the trauma that I experienced many years ago. Okay, but this is like kind of reasonable. I get it. Like this lady should probably have had more counseling. And there's like a throwaway line. She's like, I tried counseling and all this other stuff and it didn't work. And I'm like... Uh, we still don't believe in like psychiatric medicine at this point in time, but mental count- health. What you need is a Smirnoff ice and this FHM with, with Tara Reed. She splayed out on the front, but we don't show no nipples. Okay, this is a family magazine. Uh- but yeah, I mean, I get the trauma. Like, you don't want your kid to die and be murdered. I, I feel that, dude. I yeah, this part again, not very well fleshed out at all. And I think that the 2018 Halloween does a much better job of addressing this. Yeah. Um, but you got you can't not throw this in. Like, if you're even the most smooth-brained writer, you're like, well, we got to address how Laurie feels about the events of the first film. Yeah. Probably not great. Um, and we are introduced. Josh Hartnett. He shows up. He's talking to his friends. We've got uh, the guy who played little Robin Williams from Jumanji. Yeah, it's a little kid from Jumanji. He's a little shit boy. Um, and he's dating Jodie Lynn O'Keefe in No World. Is that happening? She is so hot, and she is, like, the penultimate of, like, what I wish I looked like in the 90s, but one, I was 10 at this point, so I couldn't be this cool, and also, I was not, like, that stick thin. Uh, Also, she she has, like, five inches on him. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that was, like, the thing. Don't you remember, like, you know, in middle school, girls would be, like, six foot, and their boyfriends would be, like, four foot, and then, like, the next year, they eventually, like, shot up in height. Is baby Jumanji a short king? Is that what we're saying here? Yeah, like Ben Shapiro. (laughs) (laughs) You just put him in your pocket. He's more like a dry king. Back as a sand. And then we have Michelle Williams. Oh, with the worst haircut in her life. She's in promising young woman. No, that's Carrie Mulligan. Oh my God, I'm terrible. I'm terrible with confusing these two. She is Dawson's Creek. She's the slutty neighbor. So Michelle Williams is not in Drive. No. That's also Carrie Mulligan. That's Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Michelle Williams was married to Heath Ledger before he left her and then was fucking an Olsen and OD'd. Ooh. Ooh really? So, was fucking an Olsen? Well, so, the hot goss. I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure they tried to bury this point, but he was at, like, either, I think it was Mary Kate's apartment before he died. Like, I think he was, like, doing drugs with Mary Kate. And then he, like, OD'd. Oh. Yeah. Like, you might Damn. have to really dig deep on the internet these days. I'm not sure if extra, they, like... Extra, 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 extra. We're learning the hot gods. Uh, but, yeah, if you, like, look into that, I'm pretty sure he was at one of the Olsen's, like, penthouse apartments in New York. And um, he, like, OD'd. Or he had, like, just left her house and OD'd. So, like, maybe he had bought the drugs from her. I don't know. Next up, an interview with up-and-coming comedian and not-at-all child predator Dane Cook. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we find out Michelle Williams is dating Joshy Hartnett. Which, that she, makes sense. That's a, a proper pairing. That's appropriate, but she does also have, like, she's almost to ramen hair. She's not yeah, quite ramen hair. It was like that 90s thing where, like, girls with curly hair were still being, like, given the wrong hair products. <sighs> R.I.P.D.R. hair. Uh, in the meanwhile, Mikey is driving across country because he is now driving from Haddonfield, Illinois to California. Uh, my dude is not stopping for bathroom breaks, so he is one hundred percent shitting once. himself. He stops once. Why? But he stops because his car broke down. Yeah, and he needs to steal a new car. This weird nineteen fifties truck. 
It's like a Studebaker. Is this supposed to be a reference to the truck he steals in one? I don't know. I didn't look it up and I don't care. Well, I remember the scene. So when he steals the new car, he's at the bathroom. There's like the lady with her like singled like little girl and they have to go in the men's room, which is terrifying as a child. That was like definitely scary. And if this, this might be a reach, but if there's any holdover from this movie into 2018, it's this scene. Yeah. With the podcasters. It gives you the, the payoff that you want. Which is, if this was 2018, that little girl would have gotten murked. And her mom would have gotten fucking murked. But um, that 2018 scene rules when he puts his hand over the stall uh-huh. and the teeth fall down. Oof. Fantastic. But yeah, no, I remember this was in the trailer. They used this shot a lot to like reintroduce Michael. Um, so yet again, this is like a moment as like a little kid. I remember this trailer moment where I was like, holy shit, this little girl's in the bathroom. Michael Myers is going to kill her. And it's like... In the 90s, we didn't kill kids in movies, you know, not even no, like no, 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 no. for fun, like That's tastefully or untastefully, like you just didn't do it. And then once Columbine happens, you're extra not killing kids. But I remember being a kid and being like, oh my God, is he going to kill this child? And then like looking at it now, I'm like, oh, there's no way you're going to do this, is there? Yeah. I mean, so he goes in, he he basically steals their their bag, steals the mom's bag with her keys in it and takes the car. Can I just point out too, this mom puts her fucking purse on the ground in a public restroom. Are you insane? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Being a woman has always been super good. Uh, and then we get also a little girl fake out, which is again, that fucking Williamson. Uh, (laughs) Oh no, a spider. Ah, Spiders in my head. And we're all supposed to be like terrified. I hate, the fake out shit. It's, I hate fake outs. At least it's not a cat being thrown at somebody from a closet. That's true. Uh, we get a lot of, yeah, that's the closest equivalent you get. And you get a lot of cats being thrown out of closets in this era of horror well, filmmaking. Well, what is it? Halloween 2, there's that cat, isn't there? When the Mr. Garrett's going Mr. to- Mr. Garrett! Mr. Garrett! Um, there's just a fucking cat in the hospital basement. All right, bro. In California, we're learning about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's- uh, Carrie Tate. Life, yes, Carrie Tate. She's not Laurie Strode, or so people think. think. Um, and we find out a little bit about her personal life. Uh, we have a cameo from Janet Lee, who's like an administrator at the school. I thought this was very sweet. And so she's yeah. remarkably lucid for her age at this point. Well, she's still, yeah, she's not that old at this point, I guess. She's probably like in her 60s, 70s. And and uh, Jamie Lee's like, oh, I'm a very prim and proper administrator. But when the door closes and there's an Adam Arkin, it's face sucking Okay, time. but yeah. So as a kid, did not have a crush on Adam Arkin. As an adult lady, hey, Adam Arkin, what's up? Is he an older guy you want to bang? Yeah. Coming soon to a podcast near you. He is so hunky in this movie. Spoilers, he gets fucking destroyed. <laughs> but he's so hot. He does get destroyed. Uh, and uh, we cut away to the other uh, little, like members of our motley crew <gasps> who shows up ll cool ll cool j i also had a crush on him so i am a very progressive and ladies love him ladies love ll um and he's writing erotica for his shitty girlfriend who does not understand literature no She's well i like, don't think he does either <laughs> no <laughs> it's great he's only a few steps away from essentially writing like twilight or 50 shades of gray yo he would have been super rich then i know good for him yeah good for you but not good for the lady who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, and then Josh Hartnett is like, oh, I want to buy my girlfriend a gift. You got to let me off the hook, LL. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble with your mom. I really don't want to get in trouble. And you know, he's constantly like putting his neck on the line oh, for yeah. these kids and getting his shit pushed in. Well, yeah, because they're at like a boarding school. So there's like a gate around the perimeter and they're not allowed to leave unless LL lets them out or they get like, I guess, a permission slip. I don't know how this works. We both went to public school. So, you know, just big, luscious melon breasts. 
If you ever described my breasts as big, luscious melon breasts, I would dump you. What? That's sexy. No. Kumquat breasts. Yeah, that's sexy. Um, <laughs> Harvest gourd breasts. Yeah. They got all the bumps and the grooves in them. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, LL Cool J is wasted in this role because he is- He's a, so underused. He's a fucking charisma bomb. Like, and I mean that in a good way. He like, you see him and you're like, I want to know what this guy's life is. Well, that's the only reason that SWAT movie was good. Oh, oof. Oof. Uh, Lori, meanwhile, keeps seeing visions of Michael and yeah. he is a wish.com Michael. This is where Aww. we get like the CGI mask overlays. This is where we get the, um, like the really shitty versions of the mask. And there were like rights issues with getting the mask. And that was always an issue with Halloween. But um, why is it always such an issue to get this like mask? I'm not going to get into the lore of this. Oh, right okay. Now. But it was about like getting an original sculpt. And but like nobody could have gone to the spirit Halloween and bought a mask. Cause I definitely had a sick ass Michael Myers mask at this time. I think that the, like the mileage on how good they look varied. Um, and then the problems that came where, like, once they made new sculpts, they probably used those sculpts for the newer masks. And so we're yeah. further and further removed until Trick or Treat Studios comes out with those, like, very realistic masks. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, while, while Josh Hartnett is out trying to get his girlfriend a gift, um, Lori has her clock set to wine o'clock, mm-hmm. ladies. Mom fuel. Well, yeah, she's out on a lunch date with Adam Arkin, and she's like getting wasted. Getting wasted. It's kind of interesting. I always like how they write drunks in like shows and movies because they like it's always like white wine. I'm like, bitch, you ain't getting drunk if you were fucking alky on one glass of white wine. Like, no, she's got like a bottle of Boone's Farm that's buried in like her candy drawer. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, she like gets a glass of white wine at a mark and goes to the bathroom. She like fucking chugs a bitch. And then that snooty little waiter, she's like, can I get another glass of wine? And he, he like judges gives- her. And I was like, bro, as a waiter, you ain't judging nobody. Okay. You, you just let them rack if up that bill. If you work in the food service industry, you do not bat an eye at somebody wanting more booze. Because that's a markup. That's a markup, ladies. Um, she catches Josh Hartman. Sneaking out of school. I don't even know his real name. His name is John. John. Okay. She car- she catches John. Thank because you. him and Jumanji are trying to get a <laughs> gift for his uh, ramen girlfriend. Michelle um, Williams. And uh, she is not pleased. She loses, she loses her, her shit. shit so hard. She like flips the fuck out. And I was like, what are you, my mother? Jesus. And then we get another Mr. Sandman uh, musical break uh, at the school. And we find out Mikey is on the trail. And then... Janet Lee shows up, and so we can play the scream music for like a second. Oh yeah, um, you mean the psycho music? Psycho music, yeah. Uh, sorry, the scream music happens later in this Halloween film. It all is kind of muddled because they go jumping back and forth between a lot of stuff, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with this movie is you have too many characters and you're trying to fit in too much. Like, hey, remember this? While also losing the plot line of the the new one, I feel. Yeah. Um. Michelle Williams uh, is in, like, the common area, this kitchen area. It's never really delineated where these buildings are relative to one another, which is another huge problem. Yeah. Uh, Carpenter is an expert in the first film of showing you where the houses are relative to one another, what the houses look like on the inside and outside, and this movie does none of that. Yeah, you don't really understand the setting at all. Yeah, the university campus could be the size of Manhattan, or the university campus could be the size of a small uh, public park. I, I have no idea. Um. And Michelle Williams 
uh, opens the dumbwaiter and gets flowers and a map. And I like to imagine that the dumbwaiter is like the brave little toaster and it's in love with her and it watches her every day. I knew that would get you, you fucking emotional ass bitch. Um, toaster was a very traumatic movie and I like it still kind of fucked me up, bro. Uh, but that dumbwaiter is there because it's going to be Chekhov's dumbwaiter. And yeah. no, turns out the dumbwaiter didn't give her the gifts. This was Josh Hartnett. What? Who set up a basement fuck shack for them yeah we will have sex in your car again <laughs> um for halloween romance i guess and look again i don't know the size of this university i don't know all the buildings they have access to their plan the the plan of jumanji jody lynn o'keefe uh josh hartnett and ramen girlfriend is they're going to stay back from the trip and party all weekend. Well, yeah, because Jamie Lee Kurtz was like, yo, Josh Hartnett, you're not fucking going to this school trip thing. So they decide to have like a bang fest, which like, that makes bang sense. Fest. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bang fest. Like, well, they set up like a basement room. I think it's also implied that Michelle Williams is poor because she's working in the kitchen at school. Oh, um, well, that's why the dumbwaiter's in love with her because he sees how much she loves cooking for the kids. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of like, it's not blatantly stated but it does feel like michelle williams is poor and the only reason she can like stay at that school is because she works in like the kitchen area so it also like lends like itself to be like oh she knows where all these secret rooms are because she gets to like work behind the scenes at the school it's just me the dumb waiter every night i watch you cooking tater tots and when i see that sweet sweet ass i wanna fuck a lot nice that's a very nice song dumb waiter uh (laughs) thank you I love you, Michelle Williams. I hope I'm not the scene of a murder. <laughs> uh, and then Michelle Williams, uh, I think she sees Michael Myers. Something. There's a lot of back and oh, forth. Oh, right, right. Sorry. They set up the fuck jack. They're going to leave. And then Michelle Williams is in class. And she has to see Michael oh, outside yeah. because it's like poetry. They rhyme. Uh, and that scene has to be in every Halloween movie. You can reverse the roles. You can have them be the same roles, but it has to happen. Well, the parallel is the teachers talking about Frankenstein and Frankenstein confronting its own monster. Do you fucking get it, bro? Do yeah. you fucking get it? Because again, because Laurie has to confront the monster, which is Michael Myers. Do you fucking get it? Yeah, that, that that's we're the, very um, smart. That's the hammer that we call foreshadowing. And again, in that scene where Laurie in the original Halloween is sees Michael, they're talking about like. Oh, whatever the teacher's talking about is a foreshadowing Fate of or events. Destiny, or yep. yeah. and then her density. You're my density. Um, but yeah, they're really hitting you with a fucking club in the head about what's going to happen. Um, and then Jamie Lee Curtis is like, "No, I actually changed my mind, and I want you to have more freedom, even though I have no reason to give this to you, so you yeah. can go on the trip." Which, as a plot point, again, like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because later on, well, we'll get to it. Um. Then we get the Halloween theme for no reason. Like, I think it's supposed to be the university is closing up shop and the kids are going on the trip and we get the Halloween theme. Don't use the Halloween theme if you're not going to, like, have some sort of impact point for it. Uh, The kids leave for the trip and Janet Lee says, I guess everyone is entitled to one good scare. Yeah, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? And then she goes, if I could be maternal for a moment. And I actually think this is where they play the cycle music. Yeah, I think this is where it is. Sorry, I made a mistake, but... There is, again, I'm being beat over the head with, like, uh, meta bullshit yeah. at this point. Well, I like this. And I mean, as, like, a 10-year-old, I saw this. And, like, my mom was like, oh, that's, like, Janet Lee. That's Jamie Lee Curtis's real mom. And she was the lady from Psycho. And, like, as a little kid learning that, you're like, my mind is blown. How could they do this? This is incredible. But then, like, as an adult, I'm like, huh. 
Well, my issue is that like between these scenes all happen very quickly. This movie moves at a clip, and while I don't, it does think move it very has quick. Yeah, good momentum. It definitely goes from event to event very quickly, and so we have like this back to back shit of like, oh, it's the classroom scene, just like in Halloween. Oh, it's this scene from Psycho. Oh, she says everyone deserves one good scare, and I feel like a podcaster who's gotten his head bashed in. Yeah. Um, LL is still reading his sensual boner jams because I guess that's all he does on his job is write erotica. Okay, read to his girlfriend. As somebody who worked in loss prevention, like store security, whatever. You get really bored. So, like, we used to watch movies. <laughs> this company doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, when I worked for Lord and Taylor doing loss prevention, me and the one dude would literally sit in the dark watching all of our monitors, and then on our computer screen, we would just, like, watch movies together. That was actually where I saw The Void for the first time. Oh, shit. He, like, would always, like, you know, uh, would do, like, the illegal downloading thing, like, um, bootleg stuff, and that's yeah, where... By the way, own a real copy of The Void. Uh, but, yeah, so I watched that movie when it, like came out that like whatever rules. years ago practical uh, effects in that movie are incredible or when i used to have to work by myself because they would leave me there on a sunday by myself i would put two desk chairs together and take a very long nap for 10 okay, hours so he has a boring job fine but so i this make case, this is believable this is the one day his job is not boring because michael myers shows up in his truck and they do some really boring cat and mouse stuff where he goes out to the truck where's michael he goes back inside michael's outside the oh, gatehouse. there he is but there he's not yep, yep, oh my yep. god um and but LL Cool J doesn't die. So points for inclusivity. Yes. Uh, also, that car is full of duty. It's full oh, of poo poo and pee pee. Poo poo pee times. Poo poo pee pee time because he definitely drove nonstop after that um, bathroom. Oh, yeah. Or he killed a bunch of people down the line. We're never going to see that. Maybe he just pissed out the window. That, <laughs> that night. That's what I would do if I had a pee pee. Oh, you power pissing. Um, power rawhead pissing. Rawhead Rex power pissing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we cut to the gals, um, Jody Lynn O'Keefe, my future wife, and um, uh, Michelle Williams, mm-hmm. and they are watching Scream Two. Uh... <laughs> Ooh! Um, which kind of becomes a weird thing because what, like in uh, Scream Four, they're watching Shaun of the Dead. This was like kind of a thing that we were into, being like, "Well, they're watching a movie," and ninety percent of the time, that movie's Night of the Living Dead because uh, it's uh, in the public domain. Yeah, it's in the public domain. It'll show gravitas. It's in the public domain. Nice. Uh, they're watching Scream Two, and they're making jokes about being date raped. Which um, <laughs> and then Alan Arkin walks in, and he makes jokes Adam about Adam Arkin, not Alan. That's his father, <laughs> Alan Alda. Uh, Alan Alda <laughs> That's walks a completely in, different white guy. And he makes jokes about having nipple piercings, and I hate this scene. I hate the, oh, the yeah. snip snap dialogue of this. Yeah, it'd be such a shame if Adam Arkin showed up to my dorm room when I was drunk on vodka water bottles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is taking an ooky spooky drink break. It's a spooky drink. It's a vodka drink. <laughs> um, and Arkin arrives with a festive gourd. Ooh, they're gonna I'll give you a festive gourd. gourd. Uh, meanwhile, all the children are listening to Terrible Hippity Hop, mm. uh, and they're getting ready for their fun party. Uh, Lori reveals to Arkin that she is not Carrie Tate. No? She is, in fact, Lori Strode. <gasps> oh, my God. She gives us a last time on Halloween, and his response is, that's sucky. Yeah, and he's also supposed to be like a psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever, at the school. He's a psychiatrist from 1998. So you tell him, you're like, I'm having thoughts about like extreme violence. That's sucky. Well, this whole series is not like a, a 
you know, a strong recommendation on mental health because you have Dr. Lumi, who's terrible at his job. You have Adam Arkin, who responds to like this traumatic event and he's like, ah, bro, that sucks. That sucks. Let's keep getting closer to fucking because that's why. Well, I'm you here. want the woman to be traumatized when you're about to fuck them. Because I need those true lies, mommy milkers. Are you uh, telling me you want to suck up on some 1998 Jamie Lee Kurtz titties? I'm not telling you that I would say no to being seduced by Jamie Lee Curtis now. She She's looking good. She's looking fucking great. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis finds out Hartnett didn't leave <gasps> on the trip. Because she sees his backpack or whatever. she didn't want him to go on anyway. But now she, but now she cares. Whatever. Um, I don't know. And at this exact same moment, LL Cool J shows up. He's like... There's a mystery car. I don't know who is driving it. And instantly her Mikey senses start going up. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jody Lynn O'Keefe, uh, again, associating with baby Jumanji is just unbelievable to me. Uh, he is trying to put the moves on her. Yeah. So he goes and pulls a Crispin Glover. Hey, Ted, where's the corkscrew? Um, and he runs into Michael and that the mask. Holy shit in this scene. Um, we get a fake out with the garbage disposal too. Yo, this fucked me up, bro. This fucked me up. Like still now, like my dad had a garbage disposal and I would like not go near that thing. I was like, I'm going to lose a fucking hand, which they also reference in this Halloween. Halloween ends. Remember when she like yeah, puts her I hand? Know. Mm-hmm. I know. That has to be an age 20 It has reference. to be. It has uh, to be. But it, it is a shitty fake out. And they oh, yeah. should have had uh, this little Jumanji boy get his arm mangled horribly. That would have been cool. That would have been really um, cool. We also, Jody Lynn O'Keefe goes looking for her boyfriend in what world. And uh, she finds him dead. Because he got she, a corkscrew shoved through his throat. That was yeah. fucking dope. And she's running from him, uh, from Michael rather, and she gets into the dumbwaiter. She gets slashed and bashed trying to get she out of the dumbwaiter. She does get pretty fucked up. Actually, out of everyone, she gets the most We'll get up. to it because they haven't found her yet. I know. Uh, and then uh, Michelle Williamson and uh, Joshy Hartnett are listening to Creed in the fuck basement. Nice fuck basement. Set in the mood. Um... And at the same time that they're having a romantic moment, Jodie Lynn O'Keefe is getting murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find her, and in the best kill of this movie, which they show for one second, she's been gutted. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's hung her through the light bulb. That's pretty dope. We actually were around for that. Fixture, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a jack-o'-lantern kind of bit. Uh, but again, sh- uh, shown too short. Uh, not create just one step away from being creative enough. Like, imagine if he had cut out her abdomen to look like a jack o' lantern or something like that. Well, I think they should have focused more on this. This movie doesn't have a lot of gore. This is probably the goriest scene. Maybe the part where JGL gets the hockey blade in his face, but that's only aftermath. We don't see like the actual killing. Impact, yeah. yeah, we don't see any impact. We don't do this. a lot of. This is a problem with this era of movies. We're always like, there's a lot of censoring, so you don't, and you want to get as many kids in the door as possible yeah. to the theater. So you get a lot of after kill shots like was this get, r or is this 13 i didn't look it up <laughs> i think it might be r uh there's a lot of violence in it and um i think Lori curse is so probably r um yeah and then uh we the other thing too to keep in mind is that scene where she's hanging there and has a light bulb in her sick um is sick but i feel like you kind of get your cake and to eat it to in 2018 when that one cop has his face oh, carved and he fuck, has the fucking yeah, yeah, light yeah. jammed up in his head uh that's fantastic 
we get our cat and mouse scenes. Everyone's doing the cat eh, and mouse. Whatever. Uh, Michelle Williams and Josh Hartnett run away, and we get that like famous scene in this uh, movie from trailers and shit where they close the gate and Michael's face is up against him. Oh, and yeah. And Lori lets them in the door, and Michael gets in, and Michael and Lori are face to face, and the mask looks fucking terrible because mm-hmm. his eyes are always look like a booger's eyes. But this was like the big like propaganda for this movie it was like this scene is like michael and laurie face to face yep weird like they'll a- never do that again right no 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 i don't think so uh alan adam arkin almost shoots a black man dead yeah he does shoot ll um and then he gets an honorary lapd badge oh oh, 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 oh. Nice. um and LL is pretty much out of the movie. Well, if he just sat back and did nothing, he'd get an honorary Uvalde badge. So. Ooh, our country's broken. Oh! <laughs> um, and uh, Adam Arkin is like, I, I got this, bro. But he does not have this. He gets the Halloween H2. Ooh. Sorry, the, the Halloween 2, numeral 2, treatment of the nurse. He gets lifted oh, up by Mikey. This part, like, fucked me up, too. He, like, gets... Oh bad it's bad yeah Lori hits michael with a fire hydrant uh in trying to escape him but has learned nothing from the past and doesn't mm. like turn his face into a slurry um and then she gets josh harden and michelle williams away and they say goodbye bye movie well she's like do as i say now yeah because she's talking the famous to the line oh yes, my god just blah, like blah, what blah, she blah, said blah. to the children but then these characters who have had barely any arc are gone they're they're literally out of the movie um yeah they pretty much disappear after this point mm-hmm. and this movie i feel like was really pumped up to like be like michelle williams and josh hartnett blah, 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 the new like legacy and it's like yeah these characters i'd say their screen time is like what 30 minutes maybe i think the biggest problem this movie has is while it retains a writer and probably a pretty significant input uh with williamson and while it's definitely aping a lot of screen type stuff straight up to like stealing the soundtrack yeah um it does not really keep you invested in the characters no you don't care about any of the new characters you don't care about any of the other stuff that's going on like Lori's trauma is not that big of a deal in such a way where you're like okay so Lori's our main character in fact things are so splintered between all these characters that it's hard to say until this point where Lori's clearly now the main character yeah but they're not giving anybody enough meat yeah uh, give them to me. Give me to me. Give me to me. Um, we get to our final showdown, and we get a an orchestral version of the of the main theme, which is okay. It's not the worst thing. And then we get a, a cat and mouse shit again. Yeah. Um, Mikey gets hit in the nuts. Uh, and we get an audience reaction shot for that, which should never happen. No. Michael Myers should not be hitting the boner ever. No. Um. And then LL is alive. Yay! And he drags Lori away before she can murder Michael Myers. Yep. Uh, and now he, he, because he saved her, they have like a, re- this is really a drawn out scene, by the way. There's like a scene where Michael falls and lands on like a bunch of, of lunch tables. Yeah. And then he's not there and Lori hides underneath the tables. There's really not much memorable about this like whole little scene. They're trying to do, they're trying to do the third act of the first Halloween. We get But it, it just doesn't work and it's kind of drawn out and kind of boring. So you're just like, ah, I kind of forgot all about this. Like, because honestly, no I just forgot about way it. to do that because in Halloween, when Michael and Lori face off, that scene is actually comparatively fairly small. Yeah. And you have a lot of different players involved who you care about. And so the actual notion of 
just Michael and Lori fighting each other cannot be executed well. No. Because you did it once in Halloween. And yeah. It shouldn't have been done again. Um, and uh, El Okulji saves her before she can kill Michael. And now he plans on writing a romantic thriller. Now El Okulji is out of the movie, but he becomes a... There's like a throwaway thing where he's like talking to his girlfriend yeah. on the phone again. And yeah, he's he, like, I'm going like, to write a romantic thriller. Good for him. I bet he made a lot of money. And I like to think that LL went on to like become a world-class writer and just is living his dream and doesn't have to deal with these dumbass white kids. You know, imagine a, um, a side film where it's LL Cool J, acclaimed writer, and he has to stop like a slasher, a different <gasps> slasher. And he's like, this reminds me of the events at that California school. Yes, I'm here for it. LL, I think if you you're could listening. Do it now. I think you could do like a comedy horror movie You could now. totally do it now. Yeah. Um, I think he would love it. Uh, and then Lori w- is not satisfied with letting Michael go this time, and she goes full ape shit. Yeah, steals the I guess it's like a, a paramedic truck. Yeah, um, with Mikey in it. Um, and then it shows his hands. By the way, in this scene, I'm like, why are they not burned horribly? Shut up, stupid. Okay. Uh, she stops the car short, or they hit a tree or something, and Michael Superman flies through the well, window. Well, no, she's driving because she's like, I know Michael isn't fucking dead. And then he like wakes up in the back of the ambulance, like we've seen so many times before. And then he goes to like fucking murk her, and she like rolls down a fucking hill like the fact that she got out of that car after it like fucking topples like 10 times down a goddamn ravine is like impossible so she like gets out and michael gets pinned between like a tree and the ambulance which you would be like fucking severed in half like i'm no mathematician but i think you're dead you're definitely not a mathematician or a physicist yeah that's what i'm saying I ain't no goddamn mathematician. I don't know how that stone's going to roll down. Um, yeah. And then Lori sees Michael. We have a scene where we think he like reaches for her. Reaches for her. And uh, again, uh, this reminds me of not a movie that should be uh, referenced, which is Halloween 5, where Jamie's like, Uncle. Uncle Mikey. Boogie man. Oh, Uncle Cookie, cookie tits. <laughs> <laughs> and the scene where he like sees her and she like they're in the attic in Halloween five and like a tear rolls down his yeah. face. Remember? Yeah. Don't reference them. Well, I feel like, you know, my take from this was this was supposed to be like the final ending of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, oh, we'll bring this character back. We'll make a little bit of money, but we're not going to do anything more with this series. And they really didn't. Um, I mean, you have the Buster Rhymes one after this, which I've never seen. Good. It's good for you. But it has nothing to do with this. And it really was that time where they're like, oh, we'll just end it here. And it was supposed to be like, I believe the final like Halloween, but then, you know, it did well. So they're like, well, maybe more. <laughs> Yeah, weird. Uh, it seems like money kind of was the impetus and not art. But then she choppies his head off because she's like, fuck you, bitch. And we get the, I think we get the, like the carpenter sting, like, pew! Yeah. Get, like a real, like, somebody smashing a Korg. Um, and yeah, she murders Michael. It's a pretty definitive ending. Yeah, it's, your head is choppy And off. it's a good head. It's a good choppy. It's and, a good choppy. Um, it's a, uh, uh, like a ballsy move. Probably the second best kill in the movie. Oh yeah, behind um, Jack O'Lantern, Jack O'Lantern girl. Yeah. Um, all right. What did you think? What are your thoughts? <sighs> okay, so I, even though I talked a whole bunch of shit on this movie, I love this movie. Like I said, when I was ten years old, I saw this movie. This is like what like grabbed me into the horror world. This was like my introduction. I was ten years old in a movie theater with my mom watching this movie. Out of like, I think we were like 
two of like six people in there. Like there was not a lot of people. And I fell in love with this movie. And like I said, if you'd asked 10 year old me, I would have said this is like the craziest, most brutal movie I'd ever seen. And I remember going to school the next day. And like I said, telling all the kids about the kills. And I was like, and he gets a cork through, screw through his neck and he whips it out. And like, I thought it was so fucking cool. And it was actually one of the scarier horror movies I got to watch. Cause like as a kid, like you saw stuff on like TNT or like TBS and stuff like that, but it was all edited down. So this is like my first like horror movie. So this will always hold a special place for me if I have to look at it as an adult and as somebody who's seen lots of movies and lots of Halloween movies, I'd say this isn't one of the better ones. It doesn't capture the spirit. The mask is bad. You don't care about any of the characters. I even feel like you don't care that much about Lori because she's like splintered between all these different things going on. Um, they try to do too much of the scream stuff where you have like young people with quippy dialogue. Uh, the whole character of Adam Arkin doesn't really even make sense. Like, he's not important. Like, I mean, I like looking at him, but there's just a lot about this movie that doesn't work. The soundtrack is shitty. But at the same time, I think if you're a completist, this is the least terrible that you could end up having to watch. I think the Paul Rudd one is way worse. Never seen the Buster Rhymes one, but I heard that one's like horrific. And that just one's unwatchable. Unwatchable. The Robert Zombini ones, which are trash in my mind. I hate them. Um, so I think you should watch this. It's, it's fun movie to put on the background and get drunk with your friends when you're like putting up Halloween stuff. Sure. Yeah, I, I see that. And I'm glad you, I, I knew like you having watched it now would probably wash some of the nostalgia off. But I still love it. I know you still love it. It was so it. impactful. For me, this movie is so saturated in Kevin Williamson stuff and his style that it hurts me. Mm. And like it, it physically hurts the setting of California is a huge problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, you need that fall setting. You need the leaves, all that stuff. And you need to, like, follow through on that. The PTSD for Lori is half-assed. Uh, the complete uselessness of her son, uh, who is just completely, like... Wasted. Yeah, wasted, unless you're a girl at the time, mm -hmm. in which case Diddle that mouse. hot, hot candy. Um, everyone is a wise-ass to everybody else. That's yeah. a Williamson thing. Um, if it's not a reference, is a reference to a reference. Yeah. And again, that stuff is really hard for me. Uh, there's an overflow of fake scares. The mask is fucking embarrassing, especially the CGI parts. And there's no weight to anything in this yeah. movie. Now, with all those things in mind, I definitely hated this less mm -hmm. than um, I did in previous times. And it's, it's not like malicious. That's the thing no. about this movie. But it also isn't very good. Uh, but just as the ladies... I love Cool James. Uh, and so I give this three LL Cool J thriller erotica novels out of 10. How many do you give it? Oh, I give it... In my little kid love, uh, 10 out of 10 bad Josh Hartnett haircuts. But as an adult, I'd say it's like a six and a half bad Josh Hartnett haircuts out of 10. Okay. okay. Well, it's not the worst. It's not the best. Like I said, you could just put this on and just stare at the beauty that is the men in this movie. <laughs> Except for that little fuck from Jumanji. He's not cute. <laughs> You'll never be little kid John Williams. John Williams. You'll never be little Robin Williams. There's not enough cocaine in the world. I wanted to announce our next movie. Yeah. I kept this secret from you. I know. From the year 2006 and starring Lacey Chavert, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and my future wife, Michelle Trachtenberg, you might have wanted the dark, moody, 
brutal reality of Bob Clark's Christmas, but you're going to get Black Christmas from 2006. Yo, I saw this movie in theaters with Amber. Yeah, dude, I remember this movie. You're in for a fucking treat. I have not watched it since 2006. I don't think I'm going to be happy. (laughs) Until next time, don't blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative! Because of the end of civilization, the Clamp Cable Network now leaves the air. We hope you have enjoyed our programming. But more importantly, we hope you have enjoyed life.